Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Desperate House Witches. I'm Dorian Wallace. I'm Raina Starr. Welcome to it. Welcome to Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> oh, yeah. I better not sing. Shit. Sorry. Okay. So, for those of you who are new to the show, welcome. Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show. So, if bad language, bodily functions, dirty talk, or anything like that might offend you, this may not be the show for you. But you know what? We're adults here, and I'm betting this show really is for you. Desperate House Witches <laughs> is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredible Dorothy Morrison. That's www.wickedwitchstudios.com. This month, Dorothy is part of the Witches Box subscription box. Utterly Wicked is enclosed in this month's box, the, mo- the month of August. Check out thewitchesbox.com. And you will find Dorothy in there. And, again, Dorothy's website for her products, www.wickedwitchstudios.com. Sorry, these lips are rented. Uh, and if you need her products shipped overseas, check out theangrycauldron.com. All right, so we got to just launch into this because our guest today is somebody I've really wanted on the show for a really long time but, like, didn't know how to get her attention. So... I do what I do really well and get other people to do it for me. Um, actor, writer, teacher, presenter, tarot diva extraordinaire, tarot creatrix extraordinaire, extraordinaire, the amazing Sasha Graham. Sasha, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. What an intro. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> She's good at that. I pride myself on my intros. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so before we went on the air, I was telling Sasha that I have never been, and I've been in, you know, I got first introduced to tarot 42 years ago. So I'm an old bird. I've been around the block a number of times. And I have never been called out by a deck of cards in my life. (laughs) This is the deck that did it. Uh, It is gorgeous. It is, every, every card is stunning. In its own right, they really are. are. And talk to the folks about the deck. It's called the Darkwood Tarot. There's an accompanying book that is. Now I will tell you, as somebody who used to teach tarot, remember those little books that used to come with with the tarot decks, and they all Mm -hmm. said the same thing. I used to tell my students to throw those books away. Honey, you will not be throwing this book away. This is a manual uh, to a manuscript called your life. I'm just saying, this is the most incredible shit I've ever seen. So talk to the folks about what the Darkwood Tarot is about, please. Oh, wow. Yeah, so the Darkwood Tarot was made with the intention of uh, diving into a tarot deck that would kind of expose the darkest sides of your soul 
and encourage you to visit those places that you might not normally visit in a tarot reading. In other words, it's a shadow. Yeah. It's a shadow self tarot deck. So I use the metaphor mm-hmm. of um, an enchanted forest, and you journey as the shadow witch into the forest. And each card teaches you a lesson, gives you a revelation, provokes something that perhaps you would not normally want to look at. And so when I was choosing the artist for the deck, I knew that shadow work is something that's challenging. And a lot of us like to use the cards and just say, oh, you know, here I am, a spiritual person on a spiritual journey. We don't want to look at at sort of the darker thing. So I knew finding the artist, I needed to find someone who would literally seduce you um, uh, into into looking at the squirmy parts of yourself because, in my opinion, really that's the whole point of tarot, um, which is to grow. But we don't grow if we don't look at the things we don't acknowledge. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks I mean, really, this is what I needed to go through. I mean, no, I'm teasing you. It's <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I love you, and really, I didn't want to have to deal with any of this shit. But, I, but, of course, you know, <laughs> but isn't that yeah, what we're all yeah. doing right now in the midst of this pandemic and civil mm-hmm. unrest? I mean, aren't, aren't we all looking at our shadows right now? Like, we don't have a choice, right? It's either, it's either check, check out what's hiding in there or, like, I don't know. I, I, don't like the alternative of, you know, I don't like the alternative of ignoring it because that's kind of what's got us into this debacle to begin with, I think. Interesting. I, I agree with you. I 100%. <laughs> That's crazy. But it's not all dark. There's still some deliciousness in there. I mean, I don't want to scare people off the deck. You know what I mean? But I, I, I do. I, I do think that I do. Th- and I know because as a reader, I know for myself. You know, it's very easy for me to sugarcoat a reading, you know, and that's one of the first things yeah. that students always ask me. Like, it's so hard. How do I know when I'm reading my own cards that I'm reading, you know, that I'm giving it the right interpretation? And so I, I really jumped at the opportunity to give people an opportunity to look at the, the darker parts of themselves. And I've always been attracted to darkness. Like, who's not? Like, what tarot reader yeah, in right. the world does not want to, like, go playing in the shadows? I mean, I know yeah. I do. Don't <laughs> Right. Sure. Me too. <laughs> There's a huge difference between jumping onto somebody else's shadows and looking at it and turning that mirror on yourself. I mean, like I, I mean, this, and it had to be perfectly beautiful. It had to be exactly the way you did it, because looking at the dark stuff, the nasty stuff, the sticky stuff, is really hard a lot of the time. And I, I am a person who. As I found out from my reading, because of this deck, I like to run <laughs> away from that kind of shit. Um, just plain and simple. And this this deck doesn't let you. It just doesn't let you. It doesn't permit you the luxury of saying, I don't want to look at that. It's like, oh, no, you're going to look. You're going to deal with it because <laughs> it's time to deal with it. So yes. it had to be perfectly beautiful and enchanting and seductive, as you said, and it does all of those things. And, you know, it's really the most beautifully done deck. Oh, don't come for me, but it's true, really. you got to check this out. It's so gorgeous. 
I I'm blown away by it. I you know every time I throw a card, I get like, ooh, what's it gonna say about me now? How messed up <laughs> am I today? Okay, oh, that makes you me know, so happy to hear that. I, it's so, <laughs> and isn't it? Isn't it? And this is again like being you know reading cards. I always say like. After all of these years, every years, every time you flip a card, it's like the first time. It's like, yeah, it's like you you still hold your breath, like you've never been kissed before or something. Every time you flip a card, I love it. See, she says like you've never been kissed before. I'm like you've never had a boot in your behind before. Because for me, (laughs) I know I've got a lot of dark. Listen, I've got a lot of dark, sticky shit that I am dealing with, that I've been dealing with since 2015, that I'm still dealing with, and I'm going to continue to deal with it apparently from my reading, but the resolution is on its way, it says. I mean, and that's just from the reading I did today alone. This doesn't tell you anything. I mean, on a day-to-day, it's it's different because I'm mm-hmm. dealing with different things, feelings at work, feelings uh, you know, not at my day job, feelings, you know, with friends and stuff, you know, I've got a bunch of things going on, and it's like, well, here's what's going on with this, oh, do you really want that, oh, you don't, well, guess what, you're not going to have to deal with that, yay, um, but it, it's just, it's a, it's really for the person themselves, it's, it's not a deck, I mean, I would certainly use this deck to give a reading, but my feeling about it is that it's really for the person reading mm-hmm. themselves because I've never had mm-hmm. a deck that I've been able to read myself or wanted to because I don't trust it. This gives me all the information I need to say, oh, no, this is the message you're supposed to be getting, getting and not what you want to hear because the way you've written the book, it is what it is, and that is it. There's no waffling. There's no self-bullshitting. There's no getting around the truth of it, and that is freaking amazing. And the first time I've ever seen anything so to the point without, I mean, it's so well done. It's like, you know, you're doing this thing, and you shouldn't be doing this thing to yourself or anybody else for that matter, but you can change it. And there's like, there's hope with it. You know, it's not like you're sugarcoating it at all. But it's like you need certain aspects of darkness for everything. And, you know, going through your your description of the cards, I can see the shadow part of myself in almost every card, which mm-hmm. is also brilliant. So I, it's not like I can say, it's not like I can pull up any card and say, oh, well, that's not me. That's not meant for me. No, it's meant for me. <laughs> it's meant for you. <laughs> And, that, and I, I, I think I, I, it makes me so happy to hear that, too, because, you know, this, our shadow stuff, the stuff that we don't want to deal with, it'll keep coming up for us, right? And the point of the deck is to make a, us conscious of it, right? Because, you know, and we know that as tarot readers, you know, um, habit cycles, how things keep popping up, you know, a wolf in different clothing. So that's mm. really the whole point of the book. I mean, of, of the book and the deck is just to become conscious of those things, so that then you can actively, you know, you you look at you look at the monster, you deal with it, and then you're able to vanish it, you know, like a video game boss. And then you're free. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's really true. <laughs> and um, you know, I I wish I'd had this deck like 
10 years ago because <laughs> I think I could have <laughs> saved myself a lot of heartache because a lot of the thing, I mean, and it's, it's, it's hard to understand unless you actually have the book in the deck. Um, you, you can't get one without the other. You just can't. And I wouldn't even if you could. Um, this book is just, for me, a revolution in tarot for the self. Because I've, I've, I've tried for many, many years to read for people close to me, to read for myself. I always question, you know, how I'm interpreting, what I'm interpreting. And this just lays it so bare. And it's just beautiful. So you, you don't even have to question yourself because the information is right here. And it's really, it's very clear. And I love that. It's not like... It's not one of those things where, you know, in some decks you read, you know, you get the meanings of them, and it's kind of like, well, this could really apply to anybody. It's not like that. It doesn't, it doesn't do that for me. It doesn't say to me, oh, well, you know, you can couch this a certain way. This is what it is. It's fantastic. I'm, like, so excited about this deck. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's so so exciting to hear. It's so exciting. It's been so much fun watching it go out into the world and seeing people, how they work with it and how they respond to it. Um, It's just amazing, everything from TikTok videos to um, YouTube videos to just beautiful, um, to people using it for NaNoWrite, you know, for inspiring stories. So it's just it's oh. really like watching a baby go off and, and like have a real gorgeous life of her own. You know, it makes me so. I feel like a proud mom. That's well, so cool. if if I can just say about one of my favorite cards, and it's not the card that I necessarily identify with myself, but it's just one of the the cards that I find so hypnotic, and it's the Page of Wands. Because you look at this image, yeah, right? You look at this image, and it's this lovely uh, woman, and it takes you a beat. You have to look again, and then you have to look again, and then you have to look again, because the first thing you notice is, oh, it's a lovely young person holding a wand. And then you look closer, and you see the fangs, and I'm like, ah! Yes, you did. Oh, it's just uh, every picture. Your your illustrator uh, did a magnificent job uh, of interpreting your vision. Just Abigail did did a great job. I just want to give a shout out to Abigail Larson. Uh, Yes, I'm telling you, she really is. but I got to tell you, this vision of yours is just, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, you think, okay, we're dealing with health care and child care and is work going to be there and, you know, how many things are going to radically change forever, which seems to be a lot of them. And then you throw this at your, at, at your public. <laughs> like, <laughs> isn't the timing of it interesting? Because this has been, you know, yeah. it's been in the works for, it's, this has been like many years in the making, you know. It takes well, many yeah, years really. to do a mass market, to do a mass market yeah. deck. And, and it was interesting because I remember writing in the intro, I think we all knew 
something major was coming. I don't. Th- I, I. I think anybody who was paying attention to pop. I mean, from the moment dystopian fiction and like zombie apocalypse stuff started getting really popular, you could always look at the collective conscious as reflected through the art of what's going on. And I think we all knew and felt something was coming. I don't think any of us expected it to be of this magnitude. But I was certainly excited the way it all kind of aligned with the the release of the deck. Yeah, we all wound up with more time than we thought we would, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although I've noticed that a lot of us are actually twice as busy now as we were before when we were actually doing everything outside and, you know, able to socially be closer and, you know, it, I don't know. For some people it's been really incredibly wonderful in the sense of we've been able to go to more events. Um, You know, I was actually, that's how I I, I found you online finally, and I was like, oh, this is my opportunity. I finally (laughs) found it. Because I watched you doing the Llewellyn, um, the online, the Llewellyn Con, and I was like, this is so great. This is fantastic. I would never have been able to make a convention pretty much anywhere this year, obviously, and it just opened it up so that I could see all these amazing people. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's incredible. Isn't it great? I'm, so wait, so so I get to do yoga three times a week from my instructor's instructor in India. Now, normally, during like normal times, I would have to fly to India and commit to at least a month of practice in his yoga shala. But thanks, I mean, I'm not going to say thanks to the pandemic. I'm not thankful for it. But because of the unique circumstance yeah. that we're in, I now am, like, Zooming with India um, three times a week. And I, I'm just, like, it, it's just a wild and wonderful um, silver lining, I guess you could say. So, yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree totally in terms of all of the things that, that, that we can kind of, like, jump into an experience that we might not have had the time or the ability or the finances to do before. Um, suddenly it's available for like true. a $10 Zoom or a free Zoom, you know? Yeah. I mean, That's I've so really cool. been, I've been loving it, you know, because I get to attend, I mean, I get to attend rituals on, on, you know, it was Saturday nights, now it's Monday nights. It's like I get to be a part of all of these different things that folks have been inviting me to for years, but because I live where I live, it's not so easy. But like, I'm attending Circle now, and I'm, I'm, you know, going to all these conventions that I've not been able to go to before, and it's been a so gap. Great. It really has. So I guess it's that's so a little bit of a silver lining. Yes, it's mm-hmm. been insane, though, because you finally get to see everybody. And it's like, hi, I miss hugging you, but at least I get to look at your face. It's wonderful, and I do find there's a strange kind of intimacy when you have people literally kind of beaming into your living room or your attic from wherever they are. Um, It's a different intimacy than being with them there in person, but at the same time, like, you're in your home, and there they suddenly are with you, you know, at your kitchen table. So I find that aspect to be a little interesting as well. Yeah. 
find I get to see everybody in my pajamas. It's also fun. <laughs> uh, I've saved a ton in makeup over the past number of months. I don't think I've actually bought foundation in six months. It's been lovely. I've, my husband's like, oh, your Ulta bill is much lower than it used to be. What happened, dear? I said, where am I going? I don't wear makeup. Well, you have to wear a mask. I mean, what my what what has gone up? The my level of mascara use has increased, and my eyeliners have gotten really expensive. Because I'm like, that's all they're seeing. I can buy the good shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I I go to work every day with a face mask on, and it's you know, why am I putting on makeup only to cover it with a mask? So that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So all you get to see are my eyes, so you might as well just deal with that. So that's been interesting, <laughs> too. Um, I know a lot of my coworkers who work from home, um, they said there was a boom in purchase of tops, but not of bottoms. I found that hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so, Love it. Sasha, you, Love you, do it. you still do? Do you still do readings, uh, individual readings? Honestly, I do so much uh, writing and teaching uh-huh. that I and I find that my time is better spent. I'd rather spend an hour and a half um, teaching thirty people how to read their own tarot cards rather than reading the cards uh-huh. for them. So here uh-huh. and there, I'll do a reading, but as a general rule, no, I don't really do private readings very often anymore. Um, just because I think yeah. it's a better use of my time to be writing or, or, or teaching. I agree. I mean, but i got to ask you, what? how do you follow this up? Because this is just like, this is such a tour de force as far as giving people the tools to, to really do self-examination. Where do you yeah. go from here, what do you what do you do next? What's an offer for this? Well, well, it's funny. How <laughs> funny you should. How funny you should ask. <laughs> I um I have a, a a a practical magic of tarot book, which is being released next fall, and that's going to include not only like it's a, it's. It's a basic tarot book, of course. It's going to teach anybody all of the basics that they need to know. But additionally, it's really, it goes very deeply into the shadow. It goes into ritual. It goes into magic. It goes into the nature of mystery of why you want to explore the things that you may never find an answer to, which is also something that I find really exciting about reading the cards. So it's got a lot of very cool um spells and spreads in it so that's going to be out in the fall of next year with Llewellyn and then I don't I haven't actually told anyone this but I've just commenced work on a new tarot deck the tarot of the witch's garden because as it turns out the shadow witch from the Darkwood Tarot, if you'll if you can see from her illustrations and from her point of view and the story I put into her book, um, she's relatively uh-huh. young. She's a young girl who goes in into the forest after her heart's been decimated by a boy, mm-hmm. and and she comes out understanding, you know, who uh, uh, very much who she is. So I thought, wouldn't it be interesting? What would she be doing as a crone? 
what would this witch, what would become of her? And so Tarot of the Witch's Garden is our shadow witch, all grown up as the crone. And it's essentially the deck of her garden. And her garden is, of course, the place of manifestation. But it's also a place where she allows anyone to come in to kind of look at their potential, to indulge in her magic, and in a place to create spells for the self. So it's all kind of like the, the matured witch, what she's created and how now she can give back to the world around her. So that will be out. Um, we've really just started, so we're probably three years out from that deck. But that's my encore. And I have a few other things hidden up my sleeve well that I can't speak of <laughs> yet. <laughs> but our shadow, there, I think that we'll all be hearing a lot more from the shadow witch because I think she has a lot to share um, I know she has a lot to share with me, so I'm just going to do my due diligence. And as she shares it with me, I'm going to share it with you guys. That's so exciting. I love that. (laughs) Um, Wow, and we got an exclusive. I have to say, thank you so much for that exclusive about the the Tarot of the Witch's Garden. Uh, See, we rate. We're important. We got the good. You do. I, know, I don't I'm, think I don't think I've uh, I don't think I've mentioned that. To, I certainly I haven't. Yeah, yeah. So it took the desperate house, house witches to bring it out of me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We're we're very excited for that news. I mean, I've got to tell you yeah. this this deck this deck is transformative. It really is. I mean, and I'm not saying that because you're sitting there. I've actually said it to about 17 people already. But, you know. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> so much. Yeah. I'm just. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, Hello? Are you still there? I'm here. Did we lose her? No, oh, she's still there. I... Sasha? Sasha? Did she I think her herself? sound might have dropped out. Oh, Sasha? <laughs> no. <laughs> She's sort of there and sort of not. Um, I, I she can dropped out. Hear okay. Her. Now she yeah, dropped out. I can almost She'll hear her. In. Okay. She'll call back in momentarily, I'm sure. But, yeah, I mean, seriously, folks, I'll just brag about her while she's calling back in. <laughs> this, <laughs> this deck yeah. is crazy good. Y'all need to get this damn thing. Oh, there she is. <laughs> okay, I'll shut up now. Here she's back. Hello. There you are. Can you hear me? I'm back. Can you guys yeah, hear me? Yeah, hear you. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you too, Sasha. but my, it dropped off for a second. That was so weird. That was really, really strange. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so I was just saying how transformative this deck is, and is, did you write it with the intention of it being for the individual as opposed to reading, using it for readings for other people? I, I, you know, I can't not look at any tarot deck and not think that first and foremost it's always for the individual. You know, and and I didn't make that differentiation in in my head. I I, I didn't make the conscious decision. Oh, this is just going to be for personal evolution or personal readings. Um, that wasn't something that I was thinking about. But in retrospect, because that's just so much, I guess where where I come from. Um, as far as the way that I approach the cards, like I'm constantly, yeah. So 
So I guess as as I moved through it, I guess I realized, you know, unless unless you were working with somebody who was really interested in looking at the darker parts of themselves or looking at um, jealousy, envy, murder, hatred, passion, all that stuff. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess it would work really well if you had a really great client or friend like that who really wanted to take a look at it. But um, but I mean, yeah, no, no, I hadn't, I hadn't consciously thought that. But you saying that makes me think. Well, yeah, of course, it's really more of a personal, a personal deck. Like it's not, it's definitely not one of the decks you'd pack up and take t- and read at a birthday party. <laughs> you know that you've been hired oh, well, to, yeah, to read for the general party, public. But, yeah, but you know what? I would take it to a, I would take it to a convention. I would totally read it, you know, for another witch. I would totally read it for a, a good friend, you know. I mean, I would, I would totally use it for somebody I'm close with, and I can, I can see how you can read, you know, for someone just in general with this deck. But I've never had a deck say, nah, this is, this is going to be about you and me, girl. That's what it's going to be about. <laughs> just, a, just the two of us. You and me, and I'm like, okay, this is a first for me. So I found it really, really exciting, and I still find it exciting, even though I've been, like, living with it and sleeping with it under my pillow and and next to my head a lot of the time because there's some kind of, I don't know, I've I've got a weird vibe attachment to it that's, like, (laughs) intensely magical and almost like, I love you, but you know I'm going to hurt you, right? Just a little. I'm going to hurt you. You're going to say thank you for me hurting you, but but we're going to have to get very close about it, okay? And, I mean, that's just, and, and maybe that's just my craziness, but that's the vibe I get from it. It's like, this is going to hurt, but it's going to be a good hurt, and this is what we have to do right now, and that's why I'm here in your life. So, deal. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's not to say, you know, and that's not to say that you can't, like, pull a card a day from it. It's not going to, like, you know, destroy you. But I do think, look, I think that it's so good to always be at your healthy edge, no matter what it is that you're doing. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I give that to you, hopefully. Hopefully it gives you that little edge to your day or or to your reading. Um, and, And, like, honestly, like, like, I, one of my favorite, the, my my most favorite thing that I've ever heard is that you know, um, the sunlight or any kind of light gives you boundaries, but darkness goes on forever, right? Darkness is bound. Oh, damn. So I think that you know, <laughs> I, like I think that. that it really pays to have a little pinch of darkness biting in the inside of your cheek every day, because it also keeps you turned on, right? Like that's the whole point of horror. Too like this is a very gothic kind of maybe horror deck. Like when you think about being scared, it's the same thing as being incredibly turned on. You know, your breath goes faster. You've got goosebumps. You're all alert. You're like, oh, what's happening? Right? It's all heightened reality. And that's when you know when we're moving into those realms of the unknown. When you're traveling into other worlds, right? It's that's a heightened reality. These are again the states that I find exciting to be in. And so I wanted to create a deck that would help people get there on their own. 
Well, and I dig that, but <laughs> see, like, and I come at it from a totally different thing because, like, I hate horror. I'm not a I'm not a horror fan at all, and I but no? I, and for me and no, not at all. And I don't think it approaches me that way. Maybe it approaches other people that way, but for me, it's it's so elegant and beautiful, and it's got elements of. Japanese paintings and mm-hmm. a little bit of goth and a lot of, you know, sensuality and and beauty and it doesn't it doesn't give me horror in the horror sense of it. It's more like that dark seduction of mm-hmm. come, here, come here. It like beckons you with that finger mm-hmm. that says. You know you shouldn't come with me, but you know you really want to. I love it. <laughs> Welcome to my horror, baby. <laughs> I love it. I love it. See, when I hear horror, I'm thinking like Friday the 13th and stuff. That's not, yeah, that's, that. I, you, okay, I dig it. <laughs> it's more, it. I mean, okay. I think I, my aesthetic has always been, I've always been a fan of vampires. And, and for exactly that yeah. reason, like the seductive, the danger, but more than anything, the power. Uh-huh the power and and I think that that's what's always drawn me to magic and fortune telling and vampires and like everything that's kind and art and beautiful art you know it breaks you open it breaks and once you're opened up that then you get to explore and again to grow I always go back to that listen to me I'm a broken record but I think it's true You're a great record because sometimes, you know, there's nothing wrong with repeating a message when it's a message that needs repeating. And a message like that needs repeating because it is hard for people to deal with shadow stuff. It's difficult. It really is. It's so hard. It's and I and I you know I you know I sit on my soapbox and say it and teach it, you know, and then I fall into old all my old you know traps as well, right? And it but it it, it just it is something that I really think you know makes your life. I am like at the midpoint of my life. I'm going to be 50 this Halloween. My birthday is on Halloween. And I look at how I've seen the people age around me. And I've looked, I'm looking into like, you know, the latter part of my life of what I want it to look like. And the more that I hold on to bitterness, anger, hatred, envy, all of that dark, shitty stuff, I understand yeah. that that's what I'm living in, and I don't want to live in that. I want to, I want to be having fun. I want to be having adventures. I want every moment to be as fucking transcendent as possible, and that just doesn't happen if you're not willing to lay yourself out and really look at when you're shitty. Because, and I'm so glad now that I remembered we can swear on your show because we yeah. all act like big assholes. Like we all do. Everybody, yeah. even probably yeah. Gandhi did. Yeah. I mean, I don't know for sure. But he was still just a human, you know what I mean? We're all human, and 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 we all walk around and justify. I certainly am the first person. Ask my husband and daughter who will justify everything that I fucking do. But you have to be able uh-huh. to be willing to step back and call yourself out on your own shit. Otherwise, you're yeah. just carrying all of this baggage around that's not you. And then who winds up paying the <sighs> price for it? You do, because yeah. Because you're yeah. like weighed down with all of this stuff. So, to me, I think it's That's the right. natural progression of of um, 
I don't know, of I guess the metaphysical meta, uh, um, adventure. And I know that, you know, when you start doing ritual, when you start doing witchcraft, when you start doing intense yoga, and I think it's true when you start engaging in, um, even if you're an artist, you know, or, or there's a lot of different ways that you can go about doing it, you wind up finding yourself in very scary places. It's very nine of, it's a very nine of wands kind of place to be when you're having like a between worlds experience, and it's terrifying, and you encounter things that you don't normally recognize, and our immediate reaction is always to be afraid of what we don't recognize and so then we demonize it so we've shut down a possibility before we've allowed it to walk into our room and realize that it's et you know and he just wants to go home (laughs) you know but we're so quick Mm -hmm. we're so quick to turn away from that and i think that especially now especially now um we have to make room not only make room for what makes us uncomfortable but just make a little bit of room for like other people who have maybe differing opinions and that there you have the temperance card right the ability to hold sure. two opposing yeah. thoughts at the same time i think that's something that a lot of people have lost the ability to do when when things become so polarizing and that's a trick of the material world right and again like that's a pentacle issue that's just on the surface but witches and tarot readers and and magicians and shamans know that when you go deeper when you go underneath um, the energies are actually a lot easier to disseminate than they are on the top. And 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 so I think that, you know, just the way you kind of sit back, all of us sit back when we flip a card and say, okay, what is it that we're looking at right now? What is the message that's coming to me? I think we can all do a big service to ourselves out in the world if we also do that with other people, the people that are closest to us and the people that annoy the fuck out of us, give it a minute. Don't just react. Like, figure out, you know what I mean? Take a fucking breath. (laughs) (laughs) See, and I find that that used to be true about me where I was like, you know, I've spent so much time, like, making excuses for other people that now I'm on the opposite side of it where it's like I'm tired of apologizing for people. People are going to have to, like, rise and fall on their own now. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired Mm -hmm. of defending people that I don't really even support. Um, You know what I mean? It's just really – it's tiresome. It's aggravating. And, you know, when people say, well, then why are you doing this? I'm like – I don't know, because I've always done that. (laughs) And I I don't know if it's an age thing. And by the way, fuck you for being so fucking gorgeous. Uh, I had to say that. Um, But anyway, um, yeah, because you're almost 50. Fuck you. (laughs) Oh, thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, okay, whatever. (laughs) All right, I still like you. Shut up. (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh my god you're my girl crush shut up <laughs> no because you're brilliant and you're beautiful and you've got talent and that's just so attractive anyway but i mean but the fact but what i wanted to ask you was because of do you find that shadow work becomes more important as you get to a certain age or do you think it's something that, that we tend not to make time for when we're younger because we're busy being young? Is that an excuse? Is that bullshit? 
I mean, because I find that when people get older, you know, it's suddenly like around your 50s because I'm almost 60. So it's like, okay, so, you know, I want to do everything now. I want to experience everything now. I didn't start getting tattoos until I was 54. It's like, okay, hurry up. You're running out of time, bitch. You better go make some shit happen that you've not done before. So I'm wondering if if, if you're seeing it that way. Yeah. No, I think I think that I think some of the most valuable lessons I've learned um in my teens and 20s were definitely shadow lessons. I think it's essential and I and I think back to um because one of one like the easiest way, the easiest way to identify some shadow aspects of yourself is how you respond mm-hmm. to other like for a, a girl or a woman to just consider how mm-hmm. she responds to other women. Um and how how we all respond to someone who is beautiful or successful or just got something that you wanted. Um, what's your innate reaction to that? And I remember a, a really good shadow lesson I learned. I was, you asked me before, and I was like, yeah, you know, I was an actress back in the 90s. I did B-Horror movies, and I used to work, like, I, you know, it's an interesting thing as an actor because so much of it's based, again, on, like, how you look and how talented and how lucky and yada, yada, yada. And I would find myself incredibly jealous when somebody that I knew would, like, get a great movie or some wonderful opportunity. And I knew, I happened to know a lot of girls who happened to be best friends of people who became famous. So it was really interesting. Uh There's two girls, actually, who are best friends with two girls who became, two actresses who became very famous in the 90s. And it was really interesting to me to watch how the best friend kind of internalized and coped with all of that. In addition, I remember I remember finding myself incredibly envious of this one actress I knew. And then I thought, you know what? What a waste of energy. If I'm going to be jealous of this girl for doing well, mm-hmm. why I could just as easily be jealous of Gwyneth Paltrow or of Winona Ryder who were like, you know, at the top mm. of their game at the mm-hmm. time. And I realized it mm-hmm. was just, it was, it was energy that I was holding on to that was utterly useless. The great thing about envy is that, that it points us, it, 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 it's like, um, it's like a, a compass that points us where we want to go. If I, at this point, if I find myself really envious or jealous of someone, I know that it's because they're doing something that I want for myself. So I let the jealousy go as best I can and then figure out, okay, how do I, how can I make this happen for me? Um, so I think, and I remember also, I remember being very young and I moved around a lot as a kid. I lived in like 27 different places before I was 17 and as always being the new girl and always meeting new groups of people, I remember learning the lesson that like, look, not everybody's going to like you. And I think that's a shadow thing because you all, we all justify ourselves. So who wouldn't like me? We all think that. Like I'm amazing. Like who wouldn't possibly like you? That's a shadow lesson that a lot of us, I think, learn in in, in middle high or high school, and it's so important. So no, I think I think the shadow stuff. I think the earlier you learn the lessons, the better off that you are. Um, yeah, I think certainly in our older middle to older ages we have more time to sit around and think about it but i don't think that being young gives you um any sort of a a free pass on breezing past it because then you're just an idiot like then you're just kind of act then you're being unconscious you're being an unconscious dick 
Jealous of other people, or you know, or whatever. Like pick your pick your you know young person like idiocy that we all were in our teens and twenties. I don't know. Does that make sense? Sure. Or thirties and forties. Imagine when we look back at our fifties and sixties when we're like eighty and ninety. Uh huh. Oh my god. We'll be like, I thought I knew so much when I turned sixty. What? And I was such an idiot. <laughs> oh shit! Please, let me tell you something. When I turned fifty, I realized I had an amazing epiphany at fifty years old that I didn't know a fucking thing. No, seriously. I'm like, all that shit I thought I knew, I didn't know that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't know anything. I still don't know anything. That's why you're on here. <laughs> because you have to teach me stuff. Because I don't know shit. That's why. That's why guests come on to teach my dumb ass some shit. Because I'm too old to not know a lot of things. No, but seriously, you know, it's funny. You mentioned jealousy, and I don't know what happened. But when around fifty, fifty one, fifty two, I was like, "Geez, jealousy is pointless in my life." Now I just want to learn everything. So, okay, so I've, I've been able to, so far, I'm almost 59, I've not had any attacks of jealousy in a really long time. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's maybe a bit of an evolution in my life because as a young person, you know, I wasn't the smartest, I wasn't the prettiest, I, you know, I was just the average kid, like the rest of the pack, you know. I, I had beautiful, beautiful friends. And I used to be jealous because I thought they had everything. They had, you know, great parents, great, you know, great bodies, great boyfriends, Mm -hmm. great everything. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have any of that stuff. And then, you know, come to find out 10 years later, their lives were shit. And it's not Mm -hmm. like I laughed and said good for them because I didn't. It was kind of like oh, you were supposed to be my role model, and that didn't happen, and I put all of that intention upon you that you didn't deserve and didn't need. And, and you know, you built people up a certain way. And yes. even as a child, it's like, oh, you're you're not all the glory. You know, I found out one girl's father was abusive. One got married to a really horrible person. I mean, just all these, you know, life happens to everyone. The people you think have it all together – there's not one person I've ever met who didn't have some level of shit that they're dealing with, no matter what it's about. Well, and that's the thing that I always, that I found fascinating. So I used to do, I spent probably over a decade really doing lots of professional tarot readings in New York City. And so I would mm-hmm. do parties and I would do obviously private. So I had a private practice and then I would go out for events and stuff. So what was fascinating, and, and I, I always felt like it was more of an exercise in sociology than even tarot reading because so it would put me in these positions where I would, um, you know, sometimes be reading for, uh, uh, like, wealthy, you know, CFOs or, like, um, NFL players or movie stars, at the, you know, as often as I was also reading for someone who maybe was like somebody's cleaning lady, you know, like all I would read for all aspects, every kind of person you can imagine. And I was like, holy 
fuck balls. We all want the same things. We all want the same, like, three things. There's no, and it doesn't matter how chiseled the model or how, I mean, wealthy the guy, although, yeah, like, but really security, stability, happiness, love. And and it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing sitting across from someone on an intimate level um, and hearing about their, their insecurities or their desires and to find out they, I mean, it sounds kind of silly, but it's really true. They are really just like you. Yeah. Sure. Just like you. Oh, yeah. I, I, my mother was in PR for many, many years, and she, you know, would go to, like, Halston's parties, and, you know, she knew Rex Reed. These are people from the year one. So I've always been around lots and lots of famous people. So, you know, when I would meet people that were idols of my contemporaries, it didn't really, it, you know, I, I never really did that whole, oh, my God, it's, it's, it's you. I mean, I never did that thing because I was raised around, you know, famous singers and stuff because my dad was a singer, whatever. But it's like everyone puts their pants on the same way. I mean, Vic Damone told me when I was a little girl that, Everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time. <laughs> they really do. They really, really do. You know? Yeah. And, yep. you know, it's it's so true. People, everybody, you know, you look at some, like I used to idolize Angelina Jolie. I thought she was like, you know, perfection. She's so gorgeous. But she's got a lot of emotional shit that she carries around just like everybody else. So oh, like my God, I would imagine it would be exhausting to be her just emotionally, yeah. and that's what makes her such an incredible yeah. actress. But, I, yeah. you know, yeah, it, it, yeah. yeah, for it's sure. Incredible. But like what you were saying before about when you're young and you're looking around, and it always it's so funny because it just always seems like everybody else has it figured out. Everybody else has it figured out, or they have X, Y, and Z. Um yeah, so it's interesting the day that you realize that just isn't isn't really the case. Well, I mean, it's just you know you're the you're the I guess the the, the magician, right? You're the magician at the table creating your own your own reality. I don't know. It's crazy. Yep. <laughs> it is, you know. Oh, and I meant to ask you: um, Are you familiar with the the Readers Studio in New York, the Tarot uh, Convention? Oh, my God, they're my tarot teachers. Yes, I've been going to the Reader's Studio. That's hilarious. Ruth Ann Amberstone is the person who introduced me to tarot when I was 17. No. (laughs) Oh, my God. So when when I decided to become a professional tarot reader, I was like, ooh, Uh all right, I I pretty much know the cards. And I'm like, I feel like I need to, like, I don't know, be going to school or something so I can be super legit. And so I Googled tarot school, and the tarot school came up, and their Monday night classes were, like, four blocks from my apartment. And that was, Uh oh, my God, that was so, so many years ago. So they were your first tarot teachers, too? Not they, her. <laughs> I've known Just her Ruthanne. since I was seventeen. I've known I've known Ruthanne since I was seventeen years old. She's amazing, amazing. Um, oh. Isn't she amazing? You agree? I love I her. her. Oh, I she's am- my tarot mama. She's my tarot oh, mama. If you look in, I I think I mention them in almost every book I've ever written. I mention Walden Ruthanne. Oh. So how did you? Are you a New Yorker? Yes. I am. Um, oh my I, God. We, we go back. We go. Well, yeah. I was born in Brooklyn, raised in Queens. I actually used to live down the street 
from Ruthann. Get out of Are you still in Queens? No, no, no. I'm in North Carolina now. <laughs> oh, so my funny. God. I figured That's you were crazy. some way in – I know. I knew somehow you were probably you had probably been to the school, probably as a featured speaker or something. I had no idea that's idea that that's who you learned from. Oh my gosh, what a that's, small world! That's amazing. That's so. I mean, and I and everything and like the way I internalized the Kabbalah and I'll never forget uh-huh. my first reader studio. Like, because this was all before social media. Um, and right. it was just as, right. like, Facebook was coming out. And I remember I didn't even, like, cause there was no tarot communities back then. And, oh, my God, for you, wait, how did you find them when you were 17? How did you find well, her? Well, that's not, that's not, how, well, okay, uh, very long story, as short as I can make it. I was dating someone that she had been friends with for many, many years. And that's how I met her. He took me to her house so. for a party. I know. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, she's she's brilliant, and, the, you know, what she's doing now is something she dreamed about for so many years. Her abilities of manifestation are, are beyond compare. She's brilliant. Um, she was giving me readings. Back in the day, just just showing me what Tara was about. I mean, she was teaching me everything from the ground up. And, I mean, we spent so much one-on-one time together back in those days. And I just thought oh. she was the most brilliant, brilliant woman in the world. And, for, and when I reflect back on those days, she really was. She was like the beacon yeah. that saved me. I came from a very they, abusive background. They, I, it's a whole and, story. Yeah. yeah, so what, when I say they, I'm talking about when I met Ruth Ann, she was with her husband, Wald. And so for yeah. me, I cannot, I thank them in every single book I write, I think. Um, I can't, um, I, I, I just <laughs> don't even know what my trajectory, uh, this crazy ride, like it, 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 it it, they introduced me to everyone. They were like, I think, the first tarot uh-huh. authors I knew when I talked about publishing. They were the ones that I was like, oh, how do I do this? And they're like, this is what you do. So it was always, it was so much more, it was so much more even. It was just everything. And even like their Monday night classes for years and years and years, and all of those students that were at those classes were all still so close, just like college friends, you know, because that's what happens in in-person tarot classes. You get to know the people so well because you're all reading for all, you know, for everybody's issues. And so it's mm-hmm. like in a draw. They're also like so like my, my dearest, dearest friends that no matter how much time passes, everybody from that period of my life um, with the tarot school, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, yeah. that makes me so yeah. happy. Yeah, Ruth Ann's amazing. My tarot yes, mama. Yes, she is. Yours too. <laughs> well, yeah. That is I mean, so cool. Truth be told. She was the person that really exposed me to readings, and, you know, I, I'll never forget one time she gave me, she had given me three readings in a row, and the death card came up in all three, and she's like, are you getting this message now or not? 
And I'm like, okay. Wow. And I put my head down because I'm like, yeah, right, I get it. And I knew what it was about, and I knew what I needed to do. And she was like, the cards aren't going to change. Are you? Yeah. Oh, that's a great, that's a great little quote. The cards aren't going to change. Are you going to? Are you? Are you going to do it? I'll never forget one of my favorite. The what? Go, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to tell you about the. She she taught me about manifestation in a very easy lesson. She basically said, "Okay, we're down in the subway waiting for a train." Make the train come. I did. It came on the other side. She's like, do you now see how important it is to be specific? That was my first lesson <laughs> in Madison. <laughs> yep. yep. That, that was awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. I love, I, I was just going to say, I, just, I remember always, and it's something, I again, because like, you always have your teachers in your head. You always kind of hear their voices, like when you're mm-hmm. when you're working and and doing things. And I remember we were talking about um, communicating with ghosts in the house or communicating with someone who's passed over. And I think I think my question was about talking to my grandmother uh, through the tarot. And I said, you know, Ruthann, how do you know? Like, how do you know? And she just looked yeah. at me and smiled, and she said, when it's happening, you'll know. And, yep. uh, yeah, and, uh, again, that's something that only comes over time. That's something that only comes when you're exploring it. I mean, unless you have some kind of crazy powers, and if you do, my God, more power to you. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, But that sense of knowing when you know um, it's yeah. something I always think about her, and then I smile, and I'm like, I, I know, Ruthann, now I know. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> it's well, so cool. Sasha, I hate to tell you, girl, but we've got, like, less than three minutes left. <laughs> no way. Oh, my God. It's been a gap. Yeah. Oh, my I God, mean, that one's so fast. Awesome. I know. So you're obviously going to have to come back on, which I'm going to book you for right as soon as we hang up, but... Um, Right. Well, I'm not going anywhere. So, it's a pandemic, you know. Right. <laughs> you know where to find well, me. Lucky, lucky for me. Uh, and now we're kind of now now we're kind of related. So now I can really lean on you. But anyway, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I want to encourage everybody um, who has who is not familiar with today's guest, the amazing Sasha Graham. If you do nothing before the end of the month, pick up. This te- this deck and the and and the accompanying book that they're in a package together. It's your guide through the Darkwood Tarot. Um, Darkwood Tarot is probably my favorite tarot deck. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, and I own a lot of them. And that's a bold statement, y'all. I've been doing tarot for 42 years. I'm just saying this this thing grabbed me. So if it grabbed me, it's sure as hell gonna grab everybody else too. Just saying, I'm I'm the average Joe or Joanne or whatever. But seriously, it's the most beautiful, introspective, powerful book and deck set I've ever seen. You you will learn things about yourself, whether or not you want to. And let's face it, it's time that we all do. I can't recommend it highly enough. It's really fantastic. Sasha Graham, thank you so much for spending some time with us. This has really been great. Thank you for having me. That's awesome. All right. 
So we will um, be back next week. I can't even remember what day of the week it is, folks. I'm so sorry. But uh, (laughs) we'll be back next Friday. We will talk to you all later. Everyone have the most wonderful weekend. Be blessed. Be safe. Wear your damn mask and wash your fucking hands. All right, everybody. Take care. Bye. Love you guys. Bye.